Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It's time to go inside the film room with veteran scout and coach Chris Landry and Scott Seidenberg breaking down college football from a different angle. It's the College Football Film Room Podcast. Come on inside the College Football Film Room alongside veteran scout and coach Chris Landry. I'm Scott Seidenberg, and as you can hear, my voice is not as great as it usually is, Chris, but we are powering through. Why? Because with every week that passes of the college football season, the new rankings come out, there's new things that people want to debate, and there's chaos scenarios that we can bring up. But more importantly, we like to break down the college football game from a different angle here on the Film Room Podcast. Yeah, you know, certainly I always say, and I put it out there, you know, how these teams look inside the Film Room. But um, the committee will do it differently in in their own way. And uh, every week, there's going to be some storylines. I thought going into tonight that there's one thing I was fairly certain. I mean, I was really certain that the number three team was going to be Clemson. I thought one was going to be LSU and Ohio State too, but I left out the maybe the you know small percentage chance it might be the other way like it was last week. But I thought the win over Alabama, um, the win, whoever it was going to be against LSU, Alabama would be one. That is the case. Ohio State two, Clemson three. And I also thought it doesn't matter who's four. Somebody's going to be bitching and complaining about it because it's just <laughs> kind of the way. There is no true number four right now. There's not a good argument for any of them. But if you have to put it in, as I said, and I've said this before, this whole process of announcing it every Tuesday is a, a programming decision it's part Correct. of what espn said we're gonna have something every tuesday night we're gonna have it unveiled and we're gonna digest it we're gonna get everybody ticked off and you know excited and misled and we're gonna and, and it's just from a fundamental standpoint of performing a duty it's the dumbest thing ever because there's so many I think people, regardless of how much you try to educate on a process that, quite frankly, uh, is kind of a moving target anyway, and it's a moving process to to get people, you know, not only to not understand it, but to, to realize that maybe different criteria for different situations and different teams. You have no objectivity among fans in college football. We know that. They're going to see it the way they want to see it. But when you throw it in, Scott, every week and you just build out morsels, then people make some assumptions. I don't because I don't care how it is. There is this predetermined thought that if you're ranked somewhere, you're not going to go down unless you lose. And if you win and you go down, my God, somebody's got it in for you. Somebody's got an agenda. And, and so it, it would be best for everybody if they just came on in the end and say here's the four explain it and then go away but this is made for tv we talk about it every week not so much that i think it's great content but this is what fans want so they must be right from a from a pure strategical standpoint it's not really something that i think is the greatest but it is a lot of fun the polls, the speculation, 
is probably what makes college football unique, frustrating to some, exciting for others, but unique. I, you know, I, I'm already getting it, and I, I know, and as I do my rounds around Radio tomorrow and do one of the shows in Alabama, they're going to be up in arms that they're not for and Georgia's for. And the verse would have been the case in Georgia and Alabama. But <laughs> at the end of the day, it and I hate using that that saying, I'm not saying it's going to all work out. What I'm saying is there are a lot of things that are to be determined. Who's going to win the conference championships uh, that hasn't been decided yet? That will impact maybe how somebody is ranked today versus in a few weeks. How they look doing it will determine it. And because if you're Alabama, for example, now here's the thought. Well, from the Alabama fan. We're five. They don't want us in. Georgia's ahead. We're done. We're we're done. We're going to need a lot of help. Well, you're going to need a lot of help. You'd need a lot of help if you were at four. See, there was this perception if they were in four tonight. Okay, we're good. You know, we just went out. We're good. No, you're not. Because if you were four, the same results would lead to you being in the same spot, whether you were four tonight or five tonight. Because at the end of the day, if Georgia wins out, whether they're four tonight, which they are, are five, if they would have won out and win the SEC championship game, they're in. They'd be in with LSU, who's going to be in if they win out going into the conference championship game. If they're unbeaten going into the SEC championship game, LSU's in even with a loss. It's just a matter of where they're seated. If Georgia were to lose the conference championship game, they would be out. And then Alabama's resume would go up against a one-loss Pac-12 champion because it just doesn't appear like at this point, unless there's drastic changes, again, it could still happen, that the Big 12 just is really lagging behind. And we're going to see Baylor, Oklahoma this Saturday. And somebody's going to have to really knock the socks off the committee out of the Big 12 to kind of get into the picture. So a lot of football left. It's not just a lot of football left, Chris, but there's a lot of debating that's left. Oh, yeah. And, and everyone's going to talk about the scenarios that could play out and who deserves to get in. But you're right. Where the teams that are ranked five, six, seven, eight, whatever, all of these scenarios eventually play out. And we talk about this every year where uh, people want an extended playoff. Right. Uh, let's go to an 18 playoff. Let's go to a 16 team playoff, whatever. And we could head there at some point. But the bottom line is when you look at the games that play out late in the season, and it's not just the conference championship games, sometimes it's the in conference games as well. Those are essentially playoff games. And if you treat them as playoff games, the argument becomes a little watered down as to who deserves to advance. You know, uh, Penn State is going to play Ohio State. If Penn State beats Ohio State, you know, that that could be a playoff elimination game. If Ohio State or Penn State or whoever loses the Big Ten championship game, they're not going to get into the college football playoff because that's their playoff elimination game. Oregon and Utah are going to match up, hopefully, as two one-loss teams in the Pac-12 title game. That's a playoff game. Does the winner get in? We'll see what happens be, be above them with the other teams. But these teams will play each other and play it, this whole scenario out. LSU and Georgia 
are on a collision course for the SEC title game. If Georgia loses that game, they're not going to be in the college football playoff. Then we can start debating about Alabama. We can start debating about the Pac-12. We can start debating about the Big 12. All of that. But until we see those games, all of this right now is just fun banter. Well, it is. And, you know, it is um, and maybe not so fun banter. It just depends upon. But it's banter. There's no question about it. And, look, it does matter how it looks. I, I know that, for example, if Alabama is able to beat Auburn, then, you know, you've got an Auburn win over Auburn, whereas Oregon lost to Auburn. I think that would be a factor. Would it be mm-hmm. enough mm-hmm. to outweigh one team winning a conference championship versus another? You know, the rule of the committee is you honor the conference champion unless the other, the non-conference champion, is unequivocally better. And we've seen that happen, but not a lot out of like, you know, it's happened three times and 17 times it hasn't. So, you know, does, does Alabama look unequivocally better right now? They don't, but will they in maybe three weeks? Don't know. They haven't played those games yet. Neither has anyone else played the games. You mentioned Ohio state, Penn state, Penn state. It's an elimination for Penn state. But you know what? If Penn State uh, if, if if finds a way to beat Ohio State by three, I don't know that it eliminates Ohio State. A one-loss Ohio State, mm, don't know. You know, you don't know how that might play out. I mean, uh, they would be along with Alabama in a competition to look at the resume. Now, I'm not saying they would get in over them. I'm just saying I don't know that they completely fall out. So, yeah, that you're right. And, and to me. Everyone wants to ask me about, well, what happens if this team beats? It's more than just how do they look? It does matter. Style points matter. Oklahoma and Baylor, they're out, okay? I mean, they are – I am ready to say they are out unless somebody just makes some sort of a big-time statement. And it's likely going to be Oklahoma because Baylor is really not capable of blowing out Oklahoma twice. But if they did that, that would open up some eyes. And then we go unbeaten, that would open up some eyes. More likely of the two, Oklahoma have, would have to blow out Baylor and would have to go on a run, which I thought they might do starting last week. They didn't. Right now, they're losing the style points. And you see that there's a gap between the Pac-12 and the Big 12 in terms of how they're they're seen. And they they, you know, beating the other – you know, and with Texas just basically saving their season last week, it's it's there's nothing on their schedules outside of playing one another, including the game this week that says, all right, yeah, it screams this is one of the four best teams. And so that is a big issue for them, and I think that's kind of where it stops. But if you start to look at the realistic teams, if you go under some assumptions that Ohio State, Clemson, LSU likely in, then it's going to come down to Georgia, Alabama, and the Pac-12 champion because I don't think Minnesota's going to win out. If they do, hey, have that conversation. Penn State, I don't think they'll, they'll win out. But, yeah, if they beat Ohio State, they're not out of it. And, it, and, and I think it doesn't completely eliminate Ohio State. Mm-hmm. You know, but, but, you know, it really depends on the circumstances of what causes it to take place. So – yeah, a lot of football left. Um, those are the things that have come out that to me. Now, I tell you what is the most interesting scenario. 
because I think I played those out, is what if Georgia, which plays Auburn this week, loses to Auburn? The Georgia's yeah. out. Then well, then Georgia goes still going to the SEC championship game and beats mm-hmm. LSU. Oh, you okay? So, so it's now you now SEC you got champion. a two loss SEC champion. Okay, I, LSU would still be in on the fact that they've got LSU will have four quality wins, just like by comparison, they've got four wins that are better than any win that Alabama has right now. So yes. I mean, it's just and, and they and they got the head to head. So LSU would be in. And again, Ohio State Clemson would be in if they take care of their business. Now, you got a two loss SEC champion, Georgia. And how does that match up against Alabama? A one loss non championship game participant in Alabama. Yes. Whose only loss is to that LSU team. Uh, a one-loss Pac-12 champion mm-hmm. whose only loss is the final nine seconds of the game against Auburn on a neutral field. Or, or if a, one-loss, a one-loss yeah. Big 12 champion who defeated Baylor twice. Or, 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 or Utah beating Oregon, which I think yeah. is a, a more realistic possible. I don't think the Big 12 would be even in the conversation at that point. I would agree. I would uh, agree. I, I think it would be, again – Georgia losing to Auburn, but beating LSU. Um, you know, you got one of those scenarios. Well, you know, they lost uh, Auburn. Well, Alabama would have to beat Auburn. You know, <laughs> they beat LSU, but, you know, Alabama lost to LSU. You're looking at it, um, and, and I don't know in that scenario. It would probably come down to, Georgia or Alabama in that scenario. How much uh, do, you, do you think that I, you don't want this to be the case, but Alabama has been in the college football playoff every single year yep, that the yep. thing has existed. And it's kind of the same conversation that we have about, well, Clemson's the reigning national champions. Would the committee leave them out if they had a stumble along the way, but finished with one loss? If Alabama finishes with one loss, and this was their only loss to LSU, regardless of what plays out, it might be hard for the committee to say no to them. Well, it might, yet in some eyes, politically, it might be tough to say yes to them because you're saying no again to the Big 12 and the Pac-12. Mm-hmm. And that becomes the political part of, now we're going to have this on our hands because you're dealing with is Alabama unequivocally better? Well, again, how does the game against Auburn look for Alabama? Yeah. yeah. How dominant are they or do they just win? Because the only loss they would have to LSU, but what win do they have? They have nothing in terms of a quality win. They don't have, they don't have one. A&M? I mean, it's it's the they don't the, Auburn is the only quality win they would have if they're able to win. So that's why for them it's they're in a unique circumstance that they're pulling for Auburn to beat Georgia to kind of knock Georgia out or at least you know weaken them and you know hope that LSU wins out so Georgia's knocked out and kind of clears the path of of them and then they got to take care of business against uh, Auburn. That, that's that becomes an issue to where you've got both sides of that. But then then you have something that, you know, they call it the eye test or whatever, but, and this is where sometimes people will look at it. All right. Do you 
how many people in that committee are going to say, all right, okay, guys, final vote, Alabama, Utah. You know, there, there's, there is, there is that perception. There is that belief that, you know, okay, you got Alabama, you got Utah, you know, on a, you know, that, that okay. And, and assuming to his plan and moving and all that, still, still, still taking snaps. I don't know how many of them will say, yeah, yeah, I, I, I see Utah's better. I think most people would think Alabama's better, but mm-hmm. the question in the litmus test is, are they unequivocally better? Well, then it's going to be yes or no. No, I listen. I think it's going to be interesting. I don't think it's clear. In fact, I think we're going to have some controversy because if I, if this goes like I think, and listen, I don't know. I think there's there's a decent shot that Georgia could beat LSU, but you know, if you know that 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 would make it probably the most clear. Is is if LSU makes it to the conference championship game, Georgia makes it, wins the rest of their games, and then and Georgia wins the game, they're in. In fact, I think it may come down to all right, Georgia wins, they're in. Georgia loses to LSU, they're out, and Alabama's in, or the winner of the Pac-12 is in. I think it comes down to that. I, I think it very well could. Should not rule out Minnesota, should not rule out Penn State, should not rule out Oklahoma or Baylor at this point. But I think those are long shots. And in Minnesota's case, they've got, relative to who they are, a much tougher path. Um, Penn State, by virtue of having to play Ohio State, that's tough. And their propensity to not play as well in big games makes it difficult to think that they could win it. But who knows? And again, the Oklahoma-Baylor situation, again, they can only prove themselves against one another and they've been really unimpressive. So as we stand here in week two, we've got five SEC teams ranked six, big 10, five, big 12, one ACC plus Notre Dame, mm-hmm. the pac 12, two and the group of five, four. Yes. Yeah. Cincinnati highest ranked G five team at 17 Memphis at 18 Boise at 21 Navy at 23 Appalachian State with a win over South Carolina last week at 25. So it's and, a little bit SM, of a change. And SMU's right on the outside looking. Yes. In. Yeah. And and certainly within range to come in. So look, uh, uh, you know, people will look at it, and it it's it's interesting. What do they? How do they come down to Georgia versus Alabama? Well, Alabama's got the best win they got is a loss. It's a good loss, and Georgia has got a bad loss, losing to South Carolina. Uh, they don't have a great win, but they do have one against the 16th-ranked team in Notre Dame. Um, it's why I always have said, Scott, and no one is on board with this, so I'll say it and move on, but wouldn't it be great if we could take these teams and after we have conference championship games, let's have December bowl games where good versus good and we put some of these matchups together and then pick four after that, after January 1st, we'd solve a lot of this who's better because you just can't control your schedule. And yet the schedule dictates so much how you look and what your resume is. It's, it's unfair both ways. And you just, you can make schedules going into the season, but the schedules that look strong or look weak may be the complete opposite once the season's over. But by the end of the season, we know who's had the best year. We know who are the best teams. 
let's kind of put them together and make December like March is for college basketball. And man, you know, pick pick four teams uh, on January second. I, I mean, I love that idea. You 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 preach it every year, and and I agree with you. It's play out the bowls like we traditionally used to, and then you have your college football playoff after the bowl games. And all you're doing, Chris, is adding one extra week to the season because we already play that national championship game a week after January 1st, right? We're usually playing it on the 7th or whatnot. So Mm -hmm. all you're doing is adding one extra week and having the semifinals the week after New Year's and then the finals the week after that. I think it makes total sense. And everybody, you know, you win your conference championship. You Like in the old days, you go to – a bowl game and you try to create some of the best matchups and the teams that maybe don't win their conference, but had great years, really good teams. Hey, put them in that matchup. And then you also get a, a good flavor of a team that maybe lost two games, but you know, had some injuries or circumstances. Now they're one of the best teams of the country. They're proving it on the field. You also create a path. If you have a team that's in the group of five, that's maybe beaten a couple of good teams, but their overall schedule is not as strong. Well, they can play in a bowl game against a really good team, and then they can be under consideration. It brings in a lot of possibilities because all it does, it takes the regular season and extends it through the bowl season where you just kind of like you have a a, a pre-conference schedule, and I would like to change scheduling so where everybody w- would play a G5 school or a, a, a Division I AA school in week one, like a preseason game. Then you have the three or four what I call pre-conference games where you play teams from other conferences. Then you get into your conference play and you play your conference schedule. And then after your conference schedule, you play your, your bowl games, which are an extension of the regular season. But, you know, at the very least, you know, what I think that they're going to eventually do is what you just said is they're eventually go to eight. So mm-hmm. again, they, they make the bowl season kind of mean, really meaningless because it's just the only games that truly matter are the ones that are tied into the playoffs in a given year. And the other bowl games are, I like them, but just think how much better they would be if you had these games where it's not a playoff, but it's another variable. It's it's another metric of which you can prove yourself. And then all of a sudden, all those players that are skipping bowl games, a lot of them wouldn't be because you don't know what would happen. You could turn out and be a 10-2 and two Auburn team. And if you take care of business and you go in and play a really good team in a bowl game, you might get voted because you've beaten so many good teams and you finished the season so strong, you might be selected among the four then. Who knows? It creates a metric and an opportunity to where it, it I think, would make December fantastic and enjoyable. And it wouldn't be like, just a regular week, you could stagger it a little bit. You wouldn't want to give somebody extra preparation time, but you know, you do it. And I still think you could have like some early bowl games in the early part of December, that would be like group of five teams and things. But, but like you could take the entire week, like leading up to Christmas and right after Christmas to where, man, it would be chalk full of games, you know, matinee games where just Mm -hmm. big games and, I'm talking Liberty Bowls and Holiday Bowls and Peach Bowls and bowls that that you know all of a sudden you don't know with the result how impressive a win would be and what it might mean. Uh, it would create a lot of interest and it would make December so exciting. 
and obviously bring back what something I think has been lost in this process is that the bowl games are just, I mean, I enjoy them and I I'm one of the few of them, but they, but I admit they don't mean a whole lot, Yeah. but I, you know, it's just, just cause I love football and I kind of look at, Hey, some of the guys coming back next year, but man, the bowl games are getting more and or uh, more and more less meaningful. Uh, if that makes any sense, less and less meaningful. Yes. yes. So I, I just, you know, I just think we're headed down to a path where eventually what they're going to do is do, do it the opposite. They're just going to add eight and, you know, they're just going to do it that way. And look, my way that I'm saying, I'm not saying it's perfect. You know, somebody out there listening to me said, well, wait a minute, you just put these teams in a bowl game. Then what if you still got five? I, I get it, but you have a better feel for it because you're giving people more of an opportunity to play another game against a quality opponent. And you know what? Sometimes you're in a situation where let's say you got one unbeaten team in the country and they're playing in the sugar bowl. If they lose that sugar bowl, they still may be voted as one of the four best. Yeah. You no, know, it doesn't mean that they're eliminated. It just means it gives you a little bit of a feel and it won't eliminate all the problems, but I sure think it would make December a lot more enjoyable and give us a better feel for, you know how good these teams are because you can't control the weaknesses of your schedule. Um, you can't control the weakness of your conference. You just have to kind of guess. You know, we think Clemson is one of the four best because they're Clemson and they've been there. But if you took Clemson and you replace them with Wake Forest and they're unbeaten and they have the same record with the same team, Anybody thinks they're number four? Of course not. They'd be right there with Baylor in the rankings. Because yep. they got they got the brand of a Baylor or less, and they don't have the Clemson brand. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just the reality of it. And it's why, you know, Minnesota would have jumped 17 to 8. So the win against Penn State meant a lot. But it's still eight. Now win over Iowa, a win over Wisconsin. I actually think that makes sense. Eight, they move up after this next week. Move certainly move up after beating Wisconsin if they do that. And then if they beat Ohio State, well, folks, they are in. They're one of the four. They're absolutely – they've proven it. Whereas Baylor, eh, not so much because Oklahoma is not Ohio State. You know, so they don't have – in fact, you know, there's not a Wisconsin on Baylor's schedule. You know, it, it's it's just – it's it, it, they don't have an ability to impress – They've got an easier path, and that easier path, while it may seemingly be good, it's going to hold them back. And I don't even know if Baylor goes unbeaten. I don't know if they'd make it, to be honest with you. I think they would be right there in the discussion with the Pac-12 champion with a one-loss Alabama or, you know, or you know, I, I think they'd be in that group. And to be honest with you, I don't know where it would go because it really would depend on how they would look in beating Oklahoma. And I can tell you that breaking them down on film, the Baylor bears look like a well-coached team that's overachieving and there's just nothing special about them. And I don't think they're capable of continuing it through the rest of the season, but well, 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 let's talk about this week's games. And, and, and you look at that Baylor team right now, they are a 10 point home underdog to Oklahoma on Saturday. So uh, we're not forget about what the committee thinks of them. That's just what Vegas thinks of them, that Oklahoma is going to roll into Waco and beat up on the Baylor bears. Yeah. And listen, I would agree with that. Now the only variable is Oklahoma, Oklahoma blew a lead against Iowa state last week. 
uh, Iowa State. Uh, Oklahoma's back to not playing good defense again, and they're not running the football with their backs well enough. So, look, I this game, if Oklahoma plays like they did against Iowa State, this game's going to be close, and Baylor will cover that spread. But if Oklahoma plays like they're capable of, and they kind of, and again, I thought this would happen last week, but maybe so this I. is the week. Um, I I think Oklahoma, Oklahoma's only chance right now is to make a statement. I'm talking about nationally, make a statement, blow out Baylor, and blow out the rest of the schedule, and just kind of, you know, they've got the Kansas State loss on the resume, but they also have a Iowa State close loss like Clemson had to North Carolina, and that that's really hurting their resume. That's why Oklahoma is tenth. Oklahoma now, let's call it like it. That's a brand name, but it doesn't look like a really good Oklahoma team. They have to change that narrative. And anything other than a blowout against Baylor on a national stage would hurt them. Last week, they were on a national stage against Iowa State, had the lead and kind of blew it. Yeah, and kind of looked like yeah, looked like they hung on, and they look like a team that can't play defense, and they quite frankly look like a team that doesn't belong in the national playoffs. So, we'll see if anything changes. And for Baylor, who escaped in triple overtime last week, I don't know how Gary Patterson does not go for two there in overtime. Your team was dominating all game, Chris, and you go into an overtime period where Baylor clearly has the momentum. They, 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 They tied your score in overtime, and then they scored quickly in the second overtime. You got the incredible play with the wide receiver's hand down to tie them or have a chance to tie them and send it to a third overtime. You're at home there. That's the chance to go for two and the win against an undefeated Baylor team. Because I think the more that that game went on, the more Baylor had the advantage. I did not understand why Patterson wouldn't go for two in the win. Well, I, I, I think it's, because in watching the game, they had no confidence in the offense. So it's one of those cases where if you don't feel like you've got the playmakers that can execute it, it's such a low percentage. I think it's, all right, let's see if we can't come up with a play defensively, force a turnover. I mean, I, I listen, there's, there's validity in both arguments. I don't disagree with you. The whole go for it, in fact, I, I, I will make the case. Everybody was, you know, applauding Iowa State for going for two against Oklahoma. Yeah. I thought at the end of the game, I thought Iowa State was the better team on the field. Yeah. I mean, if I were them, they could have outlasted them. Yeah. I would have kicked the extra point and taken my chance. I, I'm always going to go with the percentages. Now, if the percentages are, I am dead and I'm just, I got nothing left, my team has nothing left then I'm going to give it one shot against the better team. But if I don't, if I'm not confident in the quarterback making a good decision, a good play, or if I've got something that concerns me about being able to make it, I know at some point you got to make a play, but man, some, you know, as a rule, you're better off not putting all your eggs in one basket into one play to try to make it over a few. But listen, I, I, you know, chapter and verse, I can go over, you know, when I would or where I wouldn't, but it's, it's a valid point. And, uh, Baylor escapes again, but, but again, Baylor is not looked all that impressive. What impresses me is the fact that this is a program that was dead. It's just risen from the ashes. 
and they're so well coached and they maximize what they have. I mean, they didn't play all that well. They missed open receivers. They're not that good of a team, quite frankly. But in a conference where there's no really great team and most of them are just inconsistent from week to week, Baylor is steady as she goes. And it's exciting because if they can improve their talent level going forward and continue to coach the way they're coaching, man, they're going to have something in a year or two. They're going to really be a force in a year or two. Um, so I'm very, very impressed. But what I watch and you click off the film, you say, hmm, kind of like watching the Indianapolis Colts. You think, uh, man, they, they win another game. How do they do it? And then eventually it starts to get you and you lose a couple of those close games. And that's kind of what I'm seeing every time I watch the Baylor Bears. Well, another undefeated team who's an underdog this weekend is Minnesota, who has to go into Kinnick Stadium and play against Iowa. And Iowa's favorite in this game. And and you know what? This this might be the spot where Minnesota suffers the hiccup. This Playing Penn State at home is one thing, where you can get your crowd up and you can get your players up. Now you go into a situation where you are the hunted. You're not the hunters. You're the hunted. And those fans in Iowa are going to be ready. That team in Iowa is going to be ready. This is a dangerous spot for the Gophers. Oh, it is. Look, I mean, they've got a tough stretch. And the reason why they started out so low is because they haven't beaten a good team. They beat one last week in Penn State. Uh, Penn State really doing a very good job. They tend to, in big games, Penn State, Franklin, they they tend to be a little bit shorthanded in that regard. But Minnesota, what I I noticed was kind of funny was even listening to some guys that, well, guys that even did the game, talking to one of them that um, you, you could tell who, who you're not, people are not used to watching Minnesota. Man, their receivers are good. Yeah, <laughs> guess what? They are good. They, you know, so I, you know, all summer I've talked with probably the best receiving core in, in, the, in the conference. Their offensive line's big physical. Tanner Morgan is a real leader, accurate through some really good balls. And, the secondary is good. Winfield, when he's healthy, he's one of the best in the country. Uh, this is a good football team. And, you know, I question if they're national playoff good, but they're good. And I think you got to look at it. I saw them at the early part of the season. Fortunate to beat South Dakota State. Very fortunate to beat Fresno State. Okay, very fortunate to beat Georgia Southern. But they did. And they've gotten better and better and better and and it's again against inferior opponents but they beat a penn state team so look they, they no one will question them if they beat iowa and beat wisconsin but those are two big ifs they can beat iowa they're better than iowa you just mentioned though they just came off a big win mm-hmm. they're going on a road it's not at night but it is in kinnick and you know, they're not they're gonna get an Iowa team that's gonna play hard, they're gonna play physical. I think Minnesota's got more big playability, and I think that's why they go in and win it. But I agree with you. This is I don't know if it's a trap. It it's a look, the the target's on them now. Now we can get into it next week that when they have to get ready to play Wisconsin, Wisconsin's a different level good, but but this Iowa team is pretty good, and I would have thought couple of weeks ago that that I would win. Now I believe that Minnesota is the better team. But think about this big picture. And I thought Minnesota was going to end up with about three losses. I mean, all throughout, I mean, last week, I thought they'd probably lose to last week. And now if they're able to beat Iowa, they're they're looking at going 11 and one. 
I mean, mm-hmm. they really are. And then, and then, you know, what, I mean, could you imagine? And look, I mean, I, I don't, I mean, I have no aversions of thinking they're going to beat Ohio State. But this team could be going to the Rose Bowl. Well, I mean, you, now, now you're talking about bowl games. There's some games where it does matter. And, and I do think the bowl games do matter for some team. That would be, they haven't done that since the 60s, mm-hmm. 1960s, folks. It hasn't been that long. I mean, it's just, so look, I mean, I, this team's really good. And I think they've got a good chance, but I agree with you. It's going to be tough in Kinnick this week. Can Auburn upset Georgia at home? Oh yeah, they can. They can. I listen. You you wonder um, if Auburn can muster enough offense at home. This these are the two best defenses in the SEC. Going to be tough for the offenses in this game. I agree. Um, I do think. Georgia's got a better running game and they got a better quarterback, more experienced quarterback. That's probably the difference. But if they can negate and slow down Auburn's, uh, Georgia's run game, then this could be a low scoring game. And, you know, you put it in a one possession game in the fourth quarter at home in Jordan Hare. Why not? I, I, I think Georgia's better. I think they're a little bit better in the clutch. Uh, they did have the game against South Carolina. We all know about that. But, I think Georgia is a little bit more complete, but this is a big rivalry game, a lot at stake. Um, I, you know, I, I give them a chance. I do. What's the other game that stands out to you from the schedule? Well, to me, um, there's not any that just jumps out at me, mm-hmm. but I'm very curious to see when we talk about Minnesota, Iowa, we talk about Georgia, Auburn. I think, Indiana Penn State's intriguing. Yeah. Indiana's again is very capable. We'll see how Penn State handles it. This is this is a very good team. And you talk about kind of really finish off Penn State. That would really be interesting. The other thing would be, I don't think it's going to be much of a game, but UCLA's playing better. I'm curious to see what they do against Utah. I don't think it's going to be much, but that's kind of the next, you know. Uh, you know, level of intrigue. Memphis, Houston is intriguing to me. Uh, Navy, Notre Dame without mm-hmm. Navy's playing is intriguing to me as well. I don't. How about Missouri, Florida? I was going to mention Missouri, Florida. Um, I think this is payback for the Gators. Uh, I, they're playing really well, and Missouri's not. I, yeah. I, I think that they win, they win big. Um, let me say, too, I mean, you know, just because it's a rivalry game for one side, Michigan State's in a in a in a world of hurt and blowing that game against Illinois last week. I'm curious to watch the game and how they play against Michigan. That's intriguing. Not that it's going to mean a whole lot in in a in a grand scheme of things, but it will. And I'm going to take give you another one: Texas Iowa State. Mm. Texas kind of saved their season last week. I mean, that season's not, like, saved, but it saved it for a week. Going on the road, uh, I mean, you know, beating Kansas State at home was, was I mean, they, they were down early, and we were looking at Texas standing, looking seven and five in the face. That 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 been tough for them to swallow. Now, I didn't think Texas, like a lot of people did, I didn't think they were anywhere close to playoff team. But I didn't see them as seven and five. They, they're – they still got a chance to have a really good season and go to a nice bowl game. 
But in order to do that, they're going to have to beat Iowa State this week on the road, which is not going to be easy. Um, and Iowa State is kind of played around and been close and haven't been able to quite finish these type of games. But, you know, this Texas team is showing a lot of fight, fight you know, fighting through some injuries. They've done a nice job. But if you look at them, they're, they're six and three. And I got to tell you that uh, nine and three would look really well mm. after losing, you know, Oklahoma and LSU finishing nine and three would look pretty good compared to eight and four. I mean, it really is a big difference. And, and so obviously having one um, off the radar loss for them hurts. They can't afford a second one. You know, it's one thing to lose to Oklahoma. It's one thing to lose to LSU's ranked number one. You start losing, you know, um, to an Iowa State, which, again, no disrespect. But if you're Texas, you can't be losing those type of games. And mm-hmm. that's been uh, that's been the problem. So I, I think that's a huge game um, for the Longhorns, no doubt. Well, Chris, what can fans find this week on LandryFootball.com? Well, we've got a lot of stuff. We've got uh, updates on the Florida State coaching search, uh, the Arkansas coaching search, which is we talked about last week that uh, that matchup against Western Kentucky is going to be big for Chad Morris. It was it was big, all right, and that yeah, we that knew is, it. Yep. that uh, that search is on. So we've got updates on that, as well as obviously all the breakdowns of all the key games this weekend. Of this past week, we took inside the film room. How did it look inside the film room there? So do that for the college and NFL games. So uh, we do that, all the inside information, all the breakdowns, all the inside news. That's what we got covered for you over at LandryFootball.com. Take advantage of still our in-season football sale, 50% off. So it's very, very affordable uh, to get on board and get in all the inside information, get access to a coaching and scouting department for less than a magazine subscription. So check it out today. Yeah, and be sure to uh, follow Chris on Twitter at Landry Football. You can follow me at Scott's on air. I want to thank everybody for bearing with my voice this week. I promise I'll be back. Chris, I'll be back stronger and better than ever next week. I promise hey, you, you. You couldn't <laughs> fool me. You sounded great as ever, man. Great to be with you uh, as always. Do us a favor. Subscribe, rate, and review the College Football Film Room wherever you get your podcasts from or check us out on the Believe Podcast Network at BLEAV.com. Until next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.